Today on the Craft Room Podcast, let's talk about cost versus value. This is episode 35. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher, and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas, and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me. If you are new, a special welcome to you and a special welcome as well to the first ever sponsor of the Craft Room Podcast, a stamp company whose clever products I love to stock, Alter New. Alter New and I have an amazing offer for listeners, so keep listening for that later in this episode. But first, let's talk about cost versus value. This is something I mention a lot on the podcast, but I've never talked specifically about it. So we are going to do that today. In a nutshell, the cost of something is the price you pay for it. The value is what the product is worth to you. I first really became conscious of this long time ago, number of years ago, when I was at a craft show with a lady I knew, an avid stamper, card maker and scrapbooker. Late in the day, she spent a lot of time at one stamp display looking for a golf-themed stamp. She needed to make a card for an upcoming birthday party, and the recipient was into golf. This was easily 20, maybe even 25 years ago, when all the stamps were wood-mounted red rubber, which took up a lot of space, and it cost a pretty penny. I mean, I don't know if they really cost a lot or whether that was just me on my very limited budget thinking that they did cost a lot. Regardless, wood mounted stamps were kind of expensive because you just get a single image for about $20 or more and you would really have to use it a lot to get your money's worth. So I remember thinking about that as I was just getting into stamping and I was constantly on the lookout for stamps that would be good value. I wasn't necessarily looking for the cheapest stamps, although that was a factor, but I was looking for something I thought that I would use a lot. So my friend bought the golfing stamp and I remember being at an event, maybe six months later, bumping into her. We had a quick catch up and I asked her how the golfing card came out. She said it turned out great and that he really liked it. I also asked her if she made a lot of golf themed cards or projects and she said no, she just made the one. And that moment kind of stuck with me because I was amazed that she would spend $22 on one golf stamp, but only use it once. When you buy one thing and use it once, then the project you make is kind of expensive. Now, as you know, some craft supplies are consumable and some are reusable. We're going to talk about both. Now, for me, a stamp set falls into the category of reusable because you can use it over and over many dozens or even hundreds of times. So that kind of got me thinking about cost versus value because that golfing themed birthday card that she made, when you factor in the consumables plus the stamp, especially purchased, it probably cost her $25. It would have been way more cost effective to walk into the news agency and buy a golf themed card for $5. I know that a handmade card and a shop-bought card are very different. You have the personal touch with a handmade card and it can be customised. And for her, that was the goal and therein lay the value. Many years later, I was listening to the Organised 365 podcast hosted by Lisa Woodruff. I'll link to it in the show notes. And Lisa was talking about cost versus value. And her example was talking about shoes. 
This is when the math really sunk in for me and in a lot of aspects of my life. She talked about how her everyday shoes were cheap shoes, like $20 shoes. But when she had a wedding or a fancy event to attend, she'd go out and buy a pair of $200 shoes. The thing is, those $20 shoes were being worn every day. And if they lasted for even just one year, she got 365 wears out of those shoes. In stark contrast, those fancy $200 shoes, which were not comfortable by all accounts, uh, would only be worn once, which means those shoes cost $200 per use. Whereas the cheap everyday shoes, and I did the math, they cost five cents per use. This is when I looked at it and went, oh, because I had been doing that. And I thought maybe, especially when it came to shoes, it was time to stop. I was wearing cheap shoes all the time and they hurt my feet. I realised that this is where I needed to properly consider not just the cost and the cost per use, but also the broader cost of having achy feet. Plus, I should invest in better quality shoes that would support my feet and look a bit nicer. Did I action this straight away? Of course not. Uh, But once I did find better shoes that were super comfy, you bet I bought those. And yes, I wear them every day. I also look at my craft purchases the same way. When it comes to craft supplies, I started a little experiment where I popped a sticky note in the front of all my stamps, dies and stencils. And each time I used the set, I'd add a little line to the sticky note or a check mark. And I was surprised uh, when I looked back many months later at how little value I was getting from the products I owned. And that's when I changed my accumulation behavior in my craft room. I wanted to be getting better value from those things that I already had and be sure that I would also get my money's worth from any new products that I added. There are a lot of different ways that you can accumulate your craft stash you know what, that kind of deserves an episode on its own. I will do that one day. Now, sometimes you buy them. It might be a calculated purchase or maybe an impulse buy. Sometimes they are gifted to us, maybe for birthday or as a Christmas gift or because someone is de-stashing and then they pass the supplies they no longer want or need on to us. Sometimes we have leftovers from projects we've worked on before. Sometimes it's the bargain table. And we need to talk about the bargain table because I'm pretty sure someone out there listening just had an instant flashback to something they picked up from a clearance bin or a bargain table or a sales section. When you make a purchase at the bargain table or the clearance section, it is for one of several reasons, but dominantly it's because it's cheap and it's there and it's really hard to pass up a bargain. Now, some people have no problem passing up a bargain. But if you are like me, perhaps you grew up with not a lot of money or you are currently experiencing a phase of life where budgets are really tight. I mean, aren't we all? A bargain is a beautiful thing. But is it good value? Now, I'm going to spill a few dirty craft secrets here because um, I'm going to tell you, I still have products in my stash that I picked up on a bargain table. Some of those were bought 10, 20, and even 30 years ago. Yes, I have stuff that I picked up on a bargain table 30 years ago at a craft show in my house right now. So now I have to ask myself, if I bought that and I haven't used it yet, was it really a bargain? Did I just blow somebody's mind? Because when that occurred to me, 
I blew my own mind. I feel like it's a quote of the day. I should tweet that. But seriously, if you don't use it, is it a bargain? If you make a discovery on that bargain table, my hot tip is to pick it up, put it in your basket, maybe walk around with it for a little bit, do a little bit more shopping while you have a little conversation with yourself. Ask yourself some questions. Do you really want the product or do you just want the dopamine hit? Is the discovery of the bargain the thrill that you seek or is it using the product that will bring you joy? Do you need it? Will you use it? Do you already have another version of this at home? Can you use the rule of three on it? Sometimes you will take it home and sometimes you will put it back and only you can know what's right for you in that moment. Knowing yourself, knowing what you have, knowing your habits, knowing what kind of projects you have coming up and being real with yourself about it is definitely key to getting really good value from the things that you own. Now, I've bought a lot of things and I am hoarding a lot of craft supplies. Sure, not to the point where one day my husband is going to discover stuff hidden all over the house. Okay, maybe there's one suitcase of yarn under the bed that he doesn't really know about. Although if he's still listening to this episode on the train, he I guess he knows now. Um, but for the most part, apart from the suitcase full of yarn, I'm transparent about what I own, what it's for and what it's worth. Bottom line, I've got a lot of stuff. It's an industry perk. I remember when I was moving my card making and scrapbooking gear from this weird little desk setup that I had kind of off the kitchen into the new craft cupboard that we installed when we extended the house like a decade ago, it became apparent exactly how much I had. And now that I had a larger space, I accumulated even more stuff to fill that space. My mum always says, your belongings will expand to fit the space available. And in my life experience, I believe that to be 100% correct. Thanks, mum. It shouldn't have surprised me, but I found papers that I had bought when I was doing a lot of scrapbooking, which I picked up for 50 cents or 10 cents. And this was a time when a single sheet of 12 by 12 paper cost $1.50 each. I have always found it really hard to leave a great bargain on the table. But looking back... I really wish I'd bought supplies with a specific purpose rather than just getting as much as I could. Don't get me wrong, I did do that sometimes, and I'll tell you a story about that later. But when I found scrapbooking papers on a clearance table at Spotlight for 10 cents per sheet, I walked out of there with so much paper. I might only have spent $5, but I had 50 sheets of paper. How much of that did I use? Not not much. Uh, did I just add it to the already large collection of paper I had at home? Yes. Yes, I did. Is it still sitting there? Yes, most of it is. Will I ever be able to use it all in a lifetime? Probably not. Do I scrapbook anymore? No, I don't. I mean, I would like to do it again, but I abandoned traditional scrapbooking in favour of digital scrapbooking Oh, decades ago. And I don't know if I'll be able to pick it up again. I mean, I have hopes that I will. And my gut says, I think I can. But I have all this paper. And looking back, I just wish I'd done more planning and purchased to be a little bit more project specific. Now, here's the problem. When you accumulate a lot of stuff, especially from bargain tables, 
as satisfying as it is to go home with 50 sheets of paper for $5 instead of coming out of a specialty store with four sheets of paper for $6, if I don't use those 10 cent sheets, then that's money wasted. The longer that they sit in the stash, the more damaged they become. So the more often I move those papers around looking for something else, they start to become dog-eared, they get wrinkled, and if there is any kind of daylight on them at all, they start to become sun-faded and damaged. And let's face it, some of those patterns are going to go out of style if they haven't already. Craft supplies are like toys, and Toy Story taught us this so well, they're supposed to be played with. So when I see that bargain table... I really have to ask myself if I have a use for it, which is really hard, but I do it. And I don't know if it's my age, my phase of life. Maybe it's that I've pretty much bought it all and tried it all. But I actually can walk into Spotlight looking for something specific and walk out with that one thing or walk out with nothing at all. If you had told me 20 years ago that I would be able to walk into Spotlight or a craft show or log into an online store and then leave with nothing, I would absolutely have scoffed. But now it's true. I don't need those things anymore because I'm happy with the supplies I have. And I know that just because something is sitting on the bargain table, I don't have to buy it. Now, does that mean that I don't get suckered by a good bargain every now and then? No, of course not. My current vice is digital craft supplies. I have an all access subscription on Creative Fabrica. You should see my downloads. I have 53 pages of downloads and there are 20 per page. Does it take up space in my house? No, it doesn't. Does it sit safely in its own special hard drive? You bet it does. Do I use everything that I download? Um, Not always. These days, though, I use most of it because I download it for a specific reason. And a lot of the time, the only reason I don't use it is because after I download it, I find something better suited to the project that I've got in mind. And occasionally I'll download something, then abandon the project or keep it for later and then forget and not get back to it. But when I'm looking at Creative Fabrica, because I have the subscription, I'm not looking at individual prices. When I first found Creative Fabrica and I didn't have a subscription, I was lured by load prices because they have some really good sales. Like instead of paying $6 for a clip-up bundle, it might be on sale for 99 cents. Plus they have loads of free stuff. And that's hard to walk away from. Uh, once I got the subscription, though, I didn't have to hunt the sales. And that saved me a lot of time. Now, sure, I was paying $19 a month, which was already a discounted price. But I was downloading way more than that each month. And more importantly, I was using it. Now, luckily for me last year, they brought in an annual subscription, which saved me about 150 bucks over the year, which is great. Then they had a clever follow-up, so I got an additional year for even less. So I've kind of paid up to September 2024. Um, now, And of course, I mostly use it for my business, but I also use it for my own personal crafting. If you're unfamiliar with digital craft resources and what they have to offer, I'll pop a link in the show notes and over on the blog to episode 27, where we talked about digital crafts. I'll also link to my digital craft tutorial playlist on YouTube, which I'm adding to regularly now. Now, full disclosure, because I like to keep it real, I am a Creative Fabrica affiliate. However, I am also a very happy subscriber. 
I pay the same price as everyone else for my all access subscription and I get amazing value. I actually once had a look at the full price of all the products I downloaded. No word of a lie, it was over a hundred times more than I actually spent for my subscription. So yes, I'm getting my money's worth there. So this is a prime example of cost versus value. If I was paying $19 a month, but only downloading a free font and a couple of clip art packs that I never used, then while it might be a low price, it's not great value. However, for less than $7 a month, I'm downloading dozens of fonts and clip art and digital papers and digital stamps and so much more. And I am using them. And that for me is great value. So when you're thinking about what you're going to purchase for your craft, it's worth weighing up cost versus value. So let's talk about cost because I think that that's important. Not everything has to be about value. Let's say you have always wanted to try stenciling, but money's tight. First of all, I'd recommend listening to episode 28, which is all about stenciling. When you go to buy your first stencil, there is nothing wrong with prioritizing price and hitting the clearance section first then choosing the best of what's on sale. I mean, if you're not sure you're going to like stenciling, then you're not spending a huge amount of money to try a new product or a new technique. And that $6 stencil was an inexpensive lesson in what you don't like. If it turns out you do love stencils, then you can go get the stencil of your dreams. And then sometimes you just fall in love with the product. For me, it was a stamp of a girl with a twitching eye. She just had this air about her and I didn't know what I was going to use her for, but I now had this cosmic connection and I had to own it. You know, you know, sometimes it's that product that you just fall in love with. I have been in both places and I can firmly say there is no universal right or wrong. And this is what I mean when I'm talking about cost versus value. There's not one hard and fast rule about what is good value for everyone. Only you can decide what is good value for you. I have people who've told me that I am absolutely nuts for saying this because I own a craft store. I sell craft supplies. So surely I just want customers to buy as much as possible. They are so wrong. I would so much rather you buy something that you get great value from or have fallen desperately in love with than buy a bunch of stuff you never use, which makes you feel a little bit guilty because you're not getting good value from your purchase. That's why it's my goal as a shop owner to bring in products that are not only great quality, but that I know people will love and use often. When I do live unboxings, I love to talk about different uses for each product because I've either thought about it when I made the purchase or something will suddenly come to me when I see the product in person. I've actually just started a a short form video series about the rule of three. So keep your eye on TikTok and reels and shorts for those. So let's talk about that because this is a fun technique I use to help me make decisions about my craft purchases. I call it the rule of three. Jennifer Wire has the rule of five, but I have rule of three because, you know, there's less pressure. Uh, when I'm looking at a product, can I think of three different occasions I can use this for? Can I think of three different people I can use this for? Can I think of three different color schemes I can use with this? Can I think of three different projects to make with this? Can I think of three different techniques I can use with this? If I'm not immediately coming up with ideas, and trust me, as a person with aphantasia, which means I can't see pictures or invent from scratch in my mind, uh, this is challenging. However, I know my techniques. I know my crafts. 
I know what I have in my stash at home. I know which colors work well together. So if I'm looking at buying a stamp set, I'll ask myself a bunch of questions and you can ask yourself the same questions. If you're going to a big craft store, logging into your favorite online craft store or going to a craft show, prep yourself ahead of time. The first thing you can do is go through your stash. What do you have a lot of? Where is there a gap in your stash? For example, maybe you realize you don't have a lot of birthday themed sets, but you want to make a lot of birthday cards this year, which has been my primary card making focus since releasing the big birthday box late last year. I will link to some of those products in the show note because I've got a few leftovers. So make a note for yourself so that you are shopping for something different to what you already own and that you know you'll get plenty of use from. Now, if you look and realize that you have a lot of bunny stamps because you love rabbits and tend to buy more because you love them so much. Now is the time to ask yourself if you really need another bunny stamp. Instead, maybe there's something that would enhance them like a grass stencil or a grass stamp set so you can build a bunny scene. Maybe you have lots of cartoony bunnies, but you'd like a more realistic rabbit to add to your collection so you can enjoy the hunt for that. Because let's be real, sometimes the hunt is the fun part. Which reminds me, I cannot go without mentioning the joy that is the treasure hunt. In going through your stash to see what you already have, you might discover that you have things that you're not really using. In that case, you can make a note to use those items more often because they are a forgotten treasure or de-stash them, which can finance that new thing that you will actually use and love. Another tool to help you make decisions about the versatility of a product is to see what kind of tutorials, finished project images, videos and education there is around that particular product. For example, in the paper crafting world, some stamp companies have amazing design teams who provide loads of photos of projects made with a specific product. Lots of knit and crochet and cross stitch pattern designers have people who pattern test. And so there's a lot of interpretations that you can see. Those different interpretations provide loads of inspiration. And when you look further afield, the company may also have instructional videos, blog posts or classes that you can take. One of my favorite things that Altenew does is provide a fold out booklet that acts as a backing card in their stamp packaging. They have project ideas, color suggestions and most importantly, and most importantly, layering guides, all of which are incredibly helpful. Many brands have a number of amazing YouTubers creating projects from a single project, all with a different spin on them. You can see how others are using a set when you look on Google Images or Pinterest. And that's often how I find ideas to get more use from that set that I just had to have. This is a good time for us to talk about the maths. And I have two examples for you. One, we're going to talk about reusable and tools, and the other, we're going to talk about consumable products. This year, there have been some really great tools released by a number of stamping companies, and the first one with big impact in the stamping industry was released by our sponsor today, Altenew. It's called the Stamp Wheel. It's a stamp positioning tool, and it's different to anything already on the market. They first previewed the stamp wheel at the NAMTA show in April 2022. So wish I could have been there. And this year we were finally able to get our hands on it. This is a well thought out and cleverly designed stamp positioning tool. And it's a perfect example of comparing cost to value. 
the first thing that draws most people's attention is the cost. It's a pricey tool sitting at US $100 when you buy direct from Altenew and from my Australian customers, it's $185. To justify that purchase, we need to consider the value that it offers. In other words, you need to consider if this tool is worth the money you spent on it and the space required to use and store it. And the answers to those questions are going to be different for everyone. If you are not a stamper at all, if you don't stamp very much, or if you already own a stamp positioning tool that you are 100% happy with, then obviously this is not the tool for you. However, if you wish there was a way to stamp that wasn't so hard on your hands, that would allow you to stamp without dropping the acrylic block and smudging it on your paper or re-stamp an image if you misstamped it the first time, then this tool has some value to you. If you love layered stamps, you wish there was a way that you could just keep your cardstock in one place, but have all the layering stamps lined up to stamp in the right order without constantly peeling them off and replacing them, this tool is valuable to you. If you want a stamp positioning tool that you can also use for stenciling or a tool with a base that will keep your cardstock firmly in place without annoying magnets, if you love big batch stamping, the value just went up again. The maths comes in when we look at the cost per use. If you buy a $185 stamping tool and only use it once, that's $185 per use. Use it 10 times, that's $18.50 per use. Big improvement, right? Use it 100 times, that's $1.85 per use. And for the hardcore, use it 500 times, that is 37 cents per use. Yes, I did the math. Imagine yourself using it. Ask yourself, is this going to make my crafting experience easier, more accessible, more fun, less frustrating? Do I have the space on my desk to use it? Do I have room in my craft area to store it? If the answer is yes, yes, and lots more yeses, then chances are you will find this tool is going to improve your stamping experience and therefore be good value for the price. Now, speaking of Altenew, as I mentioned earlier, today's episode is sponsored by Altenew. And if you are unfamiliar with them, Altenew have been around since 2014. They are renowned for their layering stamps, dyes and stencils. Oh, they're detailed embossing folders, divine. They have these incredible coordinating ranges and extremely innovative tools. Now, I am an Altenew stockist here in Australia, have been for many years, but I know that people are listening all over the world. So the lovely folks at Altenew and I, we put our heads together to come up with an offer from each of us for only listeners of the Craft Room podcast. When you shop with either myself at dawnlewis.com.au or with Altenew at altenew.com, you can use the code ALTDAWN10% off. Have a look in the show notes. Have a look on the blog. It'll be spelled out for you in big, bold print. You will receive a 10% discount on all Altenew products. The code is valid up till the 9th of August 2023. And as a bonus for my Australian customers, I will extend that code to any pre-orders that are received and paid in full from now up until that date when you leave the code in the comments section of your pre-order form. I'll link to that as well. And as an extra bonus, if you already have an Altenew order in with me, if you send me the code via email or DM, I will apply it to your existing pre-order. Those who've been shopping with me for a long time will know this is the first time I have had 
a category-wide discount code like this. And yes, it applies to marked down products. So if you've had some Ulta New on your wish list, no matter where you are in the world, now is the time to add to cart or use that pre-order form if you're shopping with me. Huge thanks to Ulta New for being part of the podcast today. As we go now, back to some more maths. And we're going to switch from reusable tools to single-use consumable craft products. Things like yarn, fabric, thread, paper, adhesives, etc. When I'm considering this kind of purchase, it's about two things. How many things can I make with this? Quantity. Or what is the outcome I want from this project? Quality. For example, from a piece of pattern scrapbooking paper, I can get anywhere from 6 to 12 cards from a 12 by 12 sheet. That's great value for me because I can make 6 to 12 people happy with a handmade card in their letterbox. If I'm looking for quantity, I can stretch a 10 cent bargain table piece of paper a very long way by using smaller amounts to create more cards. Quantity. However, if I'm working on a project where I value quality over quantity, I might invest in a full-priced piece of paper, maybe one with foiling, and make fewer cards for extra special occasions. Which I choose will depend on a variety of factors like my budget, the time I have available, who the card is for, or how much I really, really love that piece of paper, but it's my last sheet. I'm sure I'm not the only person who feels that way. Also, true story, another dirty crafting secret. I used to use the cheapest adhesive I could for my scrapbooking. And now, literally all of the pieces on many scrapbooking layouts are now loose in the bottom of their page protectors because the glue has failed. I now need to go through and use a good quality glue to, to reconstruct them. So I chose quantity and price when I first started scrapbooking. But right now I'm going to choose to use a more expensive, higher quality glue because I want that to last. Here's another example. I have crocheted many a blanket from cheap acrylic yarn, but recently I started using more expensive yarn because I wanted a blanket that doesn't pill and mat the first time that it's used or washed. I made a blanket for my mum for Christmas a couple of years ago. There's a photo on the blog if you want to see that. And I used this gorgeous cotton yarn. Sure, it cost quite a bit more. But that blanket still looks as perfect today as the day I gave it to her. And that longevity is where the value lies. However, if I am crocheting a little mousy toy for the cat, then I am going to use the cheap yarn because the cat has no discerning taste when it comes to yarn. She just wants to swat a toy mouse under the fridge as quickly as possible and then cry because her toy mouse is under the fridge. Weighing cost and quality on consumables comes down to the individual project and the longevity that I want from the products I'm using. Now, as a specific example, about 20 years ago, I won this amazing trip to Fraser Island. Uh, naturally, I took a lot of photos. Uh, it was a once-in-a-lifetime trip for us. Rather than making random scrapbooking layouts, I decided I wanted a dedicated album. This is new. I'd not done that before. So I carefully considered all of the photos, and this is before uh, I even switched to digital photography. It was all on film. I drafted the journaling. I sketched every layout. I knew exactly how I wanted this album to look and which photo was going where. Then I bought a special album, coordinating papers with coordinating embellishments. Uh, and I got a foam alphabet stamp set so that the album had this cohesive look from beginning to end. I paid full price 
for everything. So compared to my regular bargain basement buyers, the cost of this entire album was pretty high. However, 20 years later, I love that album and I have long forgotten the price because the beautifully captured and preserved memories were worth it. And that is where the true value lies for me. As we wind up today, I have one final idea for you. Getting together and crafting with a friend is another good way to get value from your crafty toys. Call up your stamping friends, your crochet friends, your embroidery friends, your painting friends. Tell them to bring their three favourite stamp sets, yarn, colour combinations, threads, techniques over on a Friday night or a Saturday night for pizza and card making or painting, whatever you want to do. You can tell each other what you love about these sets, this yarn, this brush, this technique. You might learn about a new brand or try a new type of product or tool that you've never even seen before. You can learn new things, share ideas, and most important of all, encourage each other. Because value is about more than money. It's about learning new things, time spent with friends, and making something that lasts. Be that a blanket for mum or memories of a family vacation. There is value to be found in sharing your knowledge, experience and resources with your crafting friends and the wider crafting community. And I hope that you find great value in your crafting experience today. Thanks again to Altenew for sponsoring this episode today. Don't forget to check out the show notes or the blog post for all of the links, photos and your 10% Altenew discount code. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.